This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. So something that the, the Lord like placed on my heart just, yeah, in, just in such an intense way is just, uh, it's Matthew 25. It's, um, some of us know it, but I'm just quickly going to chat um, through that passage. So Matthew 25 speaks of the 10 virgins, or as we would call them today, the 10 bridesmaids, or let's include the guys, the 10 best men. And... Um, <laughs> They were excited. All of them, to start off with, were excited about the bridegroom coming. So it's not like five were excited and five was like a stinky attitude. Believe it, I don't want to be here, but I'm going to. They were all excited about the bridegroom. All of them had lamps with oil in it to start. But then the bridegroom didn't come immediately. And they fell asleep, all ten of them. And when the bridegroom came and was very suddenly... It wasn't one announcement. 15 hours, 15 hours, all call, all call, 15 hours, 10, 7, 6, 5, you know, 5 minutes. It wasn't like that. They were literally out of their sleep. They said, it is time. He is here. And then five of them brought extra oil so they could add it to their lamps and go in with the bridegroom when he came suddenly. And five of them did not have extra oil. And they were scurrying around like spinning, going, um, searching for oil. And when they came back, they knocked on the door since it had closed. They knocked, and the door didn't open. Behind a closed door, you can read in Matthew 25, the bridegroom said, go away, for I don't know you. So you guys, I want to tell you, if you've ever thought, if you're ever going to wonder, if somebody ever asks you, why are you here? I want to tell you the good news. It's to know the living Lord Jesus Christ. It's to know our Father. It's to be reconciled with your creator, your maker, through the precious blood of Jesus. That's why we are here. And from that place, sweetheart, God loves you so much, like his heart stirs for you so much. You are so precious to him. There's not a thought that you have that he doesn't beforehand know it. There's not a dream that you've ever had in your heart that he didn't beforehand know. And there's no fear or difficult situation that is ever a surprise to him. It's truly, it truly is a surprise to us, but not to him. Not to him, and he loves you so much, and he's got your back. He's got your front. And we're going to pray with you like after this service, but I just want to tell you, there's not a thought you have that he doesn't know before it comes. And he loves you so much. You're so precious to him. You are totally worth the whole sermon pausing to hear that he loves you. You're totally worth us waiting so that you can know that Abba Father, he loves you. He knows the amount of hairs on your head. And we shed so much. He knows how much there is tomorrow even. <laughs> he knows it all. Okay, so God bless you so much, sweetie. We're going to pray with you like after the dance. Okay, please don't go away without we praying together. So Matthew 25, there's 10 of them. The bridegroom comes, five go in, five don't go in. And he says, go away because I don't know you. So it's clear from that parable that you see that the oil represents knowing Jesus. It represents intimacy with Jesus. 
So guys, if you don't know it yet, I'm telling you now, there's a call for us to intimately keep on pursuing Jesus like never before. And now the point I want to get to when I speak about this Matthew 25 is maybe you think, no, Marit, I know Jesus alone. That's why I'm sitting in church. Like, I'm like in it to win at Jesus. Woo, that's great. But I got such a shock a few weekends ago when I realized that the five that didn't have oil, they had lamps. In other words, they said amen when people preach. They went to church every now and again. Their biography on Insta said, living for audience of one, Jesus, like, they had the missions t-shirt. But they had lost their first love. And then I got a fright and I thought, Lord, who in my life are walking around with lamps but without oil and I am not inviting them. I'm not reminding, encouraging them and asking them, friend, how's it going with your oil? Do, how's it going with your intimacy with Jesus? Like, I'm glad we were on fire together six months ago and six years ago and 16 years ago. But my friend, I love you so much. How's it going with you now? Because I realized with a shock that I would arrive to heaven and potentially not see certain people there that had the lamps but not the oil. So I want to encourage you and say, while there is still time, let us pursue knowing Jesus with all we have and let us love on and invite the people around us to pursue him also with all we have. We've got this chance right now, right here, to love on people. And God is not asking you to lead the world to Christ. No, there are certain people in your life that are waiting for God to minister through you to them. And we're going to talk about that right now in Exodus 14. We're going to look at what does that look like? How do we walk in miracles? How when there is an ocean where people can either drown in the ocean or there is an army of people with the Egyptians coming from this side, when there's no way, no way out, what then? That's what we're going to look at right now. So I just want to encourage you and I want to tell you the truth that you were made to know the living Lord God. You were made to know Jesus Christ's forgiveness and his love and his acceptance of you. And you were made to introduce other people to him. In different ways, it's so awesome. God gave us different giftings. That's why we've got different functions. But hallelujah, let's look at Exodus 14. So now I'm going to challenge you to read the scripture with me with a hungry heart. What does that mean? Who of you can um, at all have, like sometimes when they're long <laughs> passages of scripture and maybe the tone of voice with what it is read is also like this all the way to the very end. But maybe even the person's trying really hard and they're like reading that like that. But who of you have sometimes by accident drifted off with long portions of scriptures being read? <laughs> I see that, that end. Um, so guys, that's actually because, yeah, sometimes we get distracted, but also there's a battle because God word, God's word changes eternity in your life and the people around you's life. So there's actually a battle for us to not engage with the word of God. There's actually a battle for you when you go, yeah, I'm going to spend time with the Lord just now. Yeah, just now. You I'm tired. Scrolling. You Lord, I'm going to, like tomorrow. Yeah, you love me most anyway. Amen. Oh, and then tomorrow morning, maybe you're not the best morning person in the house, like some people, I know. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, yeah, but Lord, for nine, for nine, yeah, tonight, tonight. There's a battle, and the enemy loves it when we go, I'm not going to pursue intimacy with Jesus now. 
I'll do it just now. Well, the proper Afrikaans, now, now. <laughs> There's a battle for us not to engage with his word, not to engage with his presence. But the good news is the enemy can never take away your and my choice or freedom of choice. The enemy can never stop you or me from choosing Jesus. God can and will never stop you from choosing him. He's the one that called you. The enemy's been overcome by Jesus Christ. And how do I know God has given us a choice? Well, if we look at the tree and the garden of, of Eden, there was the tree that the Lord said, you know, eat of all the trees, but don't eat of this tree. You know, there's a, the, the, I invite you to life, to intimacy, the Lord said. And Adam and Eve were close, intimate, no shame, no fear, no steaks. They didn't eat meat because didn't, death didn't exist before the fall. Nothing could die. I'm like, not even mosquitoes? No, because there was, there was no death. I'm like interested in the mosquito thing, but that's besides the point. Um, we can do the creation. People can maybe answer that. But even in the garden, have you ever thought to yourself, but Lord, why did you put the other tree there? I was like, Lord, why did you give us the option? It was so amazing when Chris Valentin, a preacher from America, said that if it's love, there's always a choice. Love is never forced. We, we get an opportunity to love back. We get an opportunity to love people. It's never forced. It's always a choice to love. And it's the same with the Lord. Adam and Eve representing us had the choice whether they would submit to the Lord and partner and walk with him or submit to the enemy saying, no, 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 rather listen and obey me and eat from this fruit. So guys, the good news is Satan can never take away our freedom to choose. God is never going to take away our freedom to choose. So the only one that can make choices for you, it's you. So hallelujah, that's super, super good news. No emotions, no lies, no circumstances can force or keep you from choosing King Jesus all the days of your life. So let's go to Exodus 14. And I want to encourage you to challenge yourself and go, Ugh! Sometimes I fall by the wayside when the scripture is long, but right now I'm going to be a, have a hungry heart and choose to engage with the word of God. Here we go. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pihahiroth between Migdal and the sea opposite Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. And witty, I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all of his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people and they said why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us so he made ready his chariot and took his people with him he also he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh king of Egypt and he pursued the children of Israel and the children of Israel went out with with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pihahiroth before Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. Focus on 
very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, and listen to this. Now, just quickly pause there. They've seen the ten plagues. All those miracles. They've seen it. First hand. They didn't read about it. They were there. Okay. Crunch time. And they say... Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is it not um, the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians, whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. So again, he says, God says to Moses, like, but why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea, and I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the angel of, the, of God, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and the darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. And made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground. And the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning, the morning watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. And he took off their chariot wheels, so that they drove them with difficult. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth, while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained, but the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus, Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. There are like 20,000 <laughs> sermons <laughs> that you can do on that. But there's something very specific that God has been 
impressing on my heart for this season shift that we're in right now that I specifically want to share with you. So remember just now I told you in the beginning of lockdown, all the time I felt in my heart the Lord saying, this is a call to intimacy. And recently, the last past few weeks, I kept on feeling in my heart, it is time to start moving in obedience and boldness from that place of intimacy, going to acts of obedience. Because Romans says, how do people give their lives to Jesus if they don't hear the word of God? And how do people hear the word of God if somebody doesn't speak it? So there's a place where I believe God is calling us into obedient action, whether it being prophetic, whether it being um, taking... Um, one person with you down the street where you live and doing a prayer march, walking outside, praying, saying this ground belongs to Jesus. Guys, we can freak out at home behind our devices when we read um, what's going on in the world. All we want, or we can respond to the Holy Spirit and say, because imagine only one million of the many millions of Christians in the world. Imagine only one million of the Christians in the world this week just do a prayer walk down their own street this week can you see what will shift literally in the spirit realm in the hundred <laughs> if a million people just take a 10 minute walk down their street just consecrating taking some oil blessing that ground anointing it saying we just declare god's glory and god's kingdom to come in this place we bless the marriages in the street we bless the finances in the street we bless people's health we bless people's dreams jesus we pray for their ability to hear your voice any blessing just declaring god's kingdom because life and death is right here and we are not waiting for god god has done it jesus came Paid the perfect price and you rose. Holy Spirit came also. So scripture actually speaks in Romans 8. It speaks about the world anticipating eagerly for the revealing of us, the children of God. For us to manifest. Manifest means to when you can see with the eye and the mind clearly something. The world is waiting for us to manifest, to show them what we say we believe. That Jesus is love. That Jesus heals so I want to quickly go from what we were saying now about God wanting to do supernatural things through you and me. Let's make, let's get practical. Let's get practical. So I'm going to start with, you don't have to go back there. I'm just quickly going to highlight it because we already read through it. Exodus 14 verse 8. It says there, they went with boldness. With boldness. So they were like, yes, we're going to do this. I'm chesaik. I saw somebody get healed. They were like, we're going to do this. They went with boldness. Amazing, ne? Lekker. Two verses later, verse 10. They were very afraid. Things shifted in their heart. Things around them looked different. And they were very afraid. One verse later, they go from bold to afraid. To being sarcastic and full of pride and hard hearts. They tell their leader, they're like, literally, I'm like, sarcasm is that old? Because they literally, that's what they told Moses. They're like, with the grace of Egypt, like, not good enough. That's what they said. I'm like, you saw the ten plagues and you're like that. Oh, I'm a shocker like that too. There's hope for me. Because if we, if we go to verse 13 and 14, so there's boldness. Then there was extreme fear about what's happening around them. And then suddenly... There's hardened hearts with a stinky attitude. And then verse 13 and 14, Moses comes. He encourages them. He says, don't be afraid. Like stand still and watch how God will fight for us in this day. 
But I want you to quickly, and obviously the ma massive miracles happen, but I quickly want you to pause right there and to say, we read the story from the end. We like, we grow up knowing like, yeah, they split the sea, but what happened before that? Oh, they were like a bit troubled. And before that, no, the Egyptians came. Why? Before that, oh, they were slaves. Oh, okay. But you must understand that's not what it was like for them. Imagine, I keep on seeing when I read the scripture, a father standing there with his wife and his little ones. And to the left of him, there's an ocean where they will drown if they go there. And if they stay here, there is an army on iron chariots with weapons and horses coming to slaughter them. And this is their option. It's not a rock in a hard place. It's an ocean and an army. And from that place, they get very afraid. So I don't know what the ocean and what the army is in your life. And even if I spend time with you right now and we chat through many things, I still, will, still never will know what will be the oceans and the armies in your life coming forward. You know, coming. I don't know that. But guess what I do know? The God that created everything on and off the earth is ready to part your ocean. But how will that happen? Let's go to verse 15. So verse 15, after he encourages them, so they're bold, they're very scared, they get very rebellious, but still God's, God's so gracious and God encourages them through Moses. He encourages them. And then verse 15, the Lord says to Moses, why do you cry to me? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like the Lord is like, excuse me, you just saw the 10 plagues. We're a team been faithful every time why do you cry to me then I'm like Lord if Moses could freak out there's hope for all of us there's really because he you know he's, he's he was a faithful man of God hey but that's also what he saw in front of him was the ocean and the army and he cried out to God and God says to him why do you cry to me and then he gives him instructions why are you crying to me Lift up your hand, lift up the rod, command the people to go. And then God says to him, divide, thank you, divide the ocean. So God says to him, why are you distressed when there's death from this side and death from that side? Here's the instruction. You know I am God. Like, here's the instruction. So in that moment, like we're speaking earlier about freedom of choice, Moses had a choice. Would he obey or not? And guess what? God didn't ask him to do a miracle. God asked him, would he lift up his hand, lift up the staff, and command them to start walking, all of that, by faith. Because it's impossible to please God by faith. Unless it's by faith. Like, that's the only way. There's no other way we can please God unless it is by faith. So, 15, God tells him, like, why do you cry to me? He gives them instruction. And then verse 16, God tells him, divide the sea. So God literally instructs him to divide the sea. We go on a few verses later, verse 21. It says in verse 21 that God, this happened, this happened, and God divided the sea. God divided the Red Sea. So I've got a question for you. Why did God in verse 16 tell Moses to divide the sea? And in verse 21 it says God divided the sea. So who divided the sea? 
It says in verse 15, but why did God tell Moses to divide the sea? Verse 15, he's like divide the sea. Verse 21, it says God divided the sea. No, guys, it's so awesome. Go read through it slowly again. It says there, God divided that sea through Moses' obedience. Look, when Moses was crying out to God, God didn't go, Sim Salabim, and the sea was open. God turned to him because we are Christ's ambassadors on this planet. You are God's ambassador in your friendship group, on your Facebook. Well, some of you are like, Marie, we're not on Facebook. On your Instagram, some of the older folk are like, we're on Facebook. You are, we are Christ's ambassador everywhere we go. Whether we go to a restaurant or whether we pay for a pie at the BP, we are Christ Jesus' ambassadors. And God wants to partner with you and me to bring about miracles and part Red Seas. But there's a place where we need to respond in obedience. There's a place where, yes, we are called to intimacy, otherwise we can't go to heaven. But from that place of intimately knowing Jesus, we walk it out in obedience. And that's why I said the, in Romans 8, I think it's verse 19, it says, the world like eagerly anticipates creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. For us as his children to go, we're going to part the Red Sea. I mean, there's, there's people with anointing on their life to create jobs. So that people can, can get work. There are people with an anointing on their life to minister to people that come to salvation. But those people still need an income. And there's all these different giftings that God wants to use us with. And God is not asking, how do you feel about yourself? Do you have a title? God is saying, I use the willing. God uses the willing. So you guys... Verse 15, God clearly says to him, divide the sea. And verse 21, God clearly says, and God divided the sea. But he did it with and through Moses' obedience. So what I'm saying is, God is calling you and me to do what we can in the natural by faith. And he does the supernatural. God is not calling you to do the supernatural. God is calling you to do the natural by faith. Moses, what did he do? To make it part. He lifted up his one hand by faith in obedience. He lifted up his rod by faith in Christ in obedience. He commanded the, the Israelites start walking by faith in obedience to God. And God parted the sea. There are oceans in your life where God wants to partner with you to split the sea right open so you can walk through it. But more than that, there are people in your life that are waiting <laughs> for you to come and add your faith to their needs so that the ocean in their lives can split light open, so their testimony can happen, so the breakthrough can come. And God is saying he uses the willing. In fact, um, if we think we're like super duper qualified, then you've actually got a problem. So if you think that you're not that qualified, it's very true. The only thing that qualifies you to be used by God is you have to be born. Because God, in the week, I was missing something. There was something I wasn't discerning that was going on. And God spoke to me through a self-confessed unbeliever, like spot on. So if God can use an unbeliever, how excited, how amped would he be when one of his children go, Lord Jesus, you pick me 
pick me, I know nothing, but I know you and you know everything and you are everything. And even when we feel like it's not like I don't, I know nothing, I know a little bit. Like, um, no matter what you know, 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
and he was on the brink of like potentially losing everything, the ground, the farm, the business, everything they'd worked for. So there was literally, there's drought here and there's the bank there and there's no way out. There was no way out for him. What did he do? He received an instruction from the Lord. Go watch the movie again. Go read the book again. God says to him, I want you to... So, guys, listen. God calls us to do in the natural what we do can do in the natural. God does the supernatural. Okay? Moses needed to lift up his hand and do the stuff, but it was a faith thing. So the things that God calls us for when everything looks impossible, you must just know the enemy is a liar when he tells you there's no way out. You just say to him, there's no natural way out so that God can be known on the earth. I'm going to receive instruction from him now. Because what happened with him, Angus, is the Holy Spirit gave him an instruction. He said to him, go put the potatoes in the dry ground, even though there was no chance they could live if there was dry. But he still had a choice to obey or not. So he actually obeyed from that place of intimately knowing Jesus, got instruction, he put it in the dry ground. There did not come any rain. So all of the valley knew, you know, this cuckoo's dude now claiming like Jesus. Put the article in. You know, obviously, it's horrible sometimes when we walk by faith and we get nervous and people tune us. But hallelujah, these people got nervous and then super rude and God was still faithful. So there is totally hope for us. But then after the drought continued and the massive potatoes came out of that ground, all of that valley was in awe, not of Angus, but of the Lord God that did the miracle. And it kick-started a ministry that would lead millions to Christ Jesus. Why do I say millions? Because it's over a million, two or three, I don't know how many million men gave their lives already to Christ Jesus at his MMC um, outreaches. If half of them, only each one, led one of their children or wives to Jesus, we're also on a few million. But I want to encourage you to know that between a rock and a hard place, between an ocean and an army, we can always have that opportunity to go, God, what is my instruction? Is it to worship? Is it to fast and pray? Is it to build an ark? Is it to start a new business? Is it this? Is it that? God is faithful. His desire for his kingdom to come through your life is greater than your desire for his kingdom to come through his life. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.